Okay, here we are. Welcome to, I think now, episode eight of the GigCX Decoded podcast. Uh, it's brought to you by Limitless. I'm, uh, I'm your host, Chris Dumbleton. I've got the pleasure of leading the sales and marketing ship here at the, the good ship Limitless. Enough of those um, references. And um, today, uh, as always, this is about education. So the purpose of this podcast is to help people that want to know more about GigCX, uh, get more information. And the way that we do that is we bring on people with uh, more brain power and more perspective than me and I ask them a bunch of questions and we sort of bring all that together and then hopefully leave you with something that you can take away uh, from here. So today we have got uh, we've got a real powerhouse so I'm gonna have to be careful because it's our big boss who's the chairman of Limitless and it's Mike Havard. Mike welcome to the show. Thanks Chris that's quite a setup I'm, I'm nervous now <laughs> but uh, good, good to be here and yeah good to be here thank you. Yeah, and uh, I'll, we'll try and make this, um, you know, what, you're our chairman, right? So you've obviously got an interest in Limitless, but there's a reason why you're our chairman. And and that, I think, comes from your, you know, the history and everything you've got in in this wonderful world of CX. And it's probably fair to say you've been in this industry for a little while. So before we get cracking, well, perhaps you can give us a bit of a, a Mike Havard history yeah, of course. Well, I mean, really quickly, started out as a cosmetic research scientist, uh, loved that, but felt that there was more to do at the commercial and business end of organisations. So then joined BT, spent nine years in BT, uh, ended up being responsible for their service strategy uh, globally, uh, and then moved into uh, BPO and outsourcing, and and then for the last, gosh, 25 years or so in consulting, um, as, as well as being involved in a in a sort of advisory and non-exec director role for a, a range of technology companies. So, so I guess my perspective on the CX industry has been as a client, as a supplier, as an advisor, as an analyst, as a consultant, uh, and now as a as a chairman of a of a brilliant business that's involved in it. So you know all perspectives and uh, and have loved loved every part of that history. Well, there we go. That's a pretty that's a that's a whistle stop tour. I think anyone who's in this industry hasn't heard of you. Probably hasn't been in this industry for in the right places or maybe enough time because you've been you know you've been at the front. I mean, going back to my when we first met each other when I was back in uh, in the Sabio days in the systems integration, that sort of stuff, and, and the consultancy firm you run then, and anybody that was anybody in that world were like, you know, the consultancy firm that you, you own around Ember was the, was the one. That was who people referred to, to go in and figure out what transformations or what they could do to transform and and through you know through through you guys and the and the, the business you built up was was who everybody went to so um yeah with all of that experience that's why hopefully this conversation's good because you like you said this this comes from your experience firsthand at advising but also supplying and being around all of the, all the various sort of technologies out there and you know there are there are thousands of different pieces of technology out there from forums to chatbots to virtual assistants and all this sort of stuff all kind of gunning for the same sort of thing and as you hopefully will testify as well we get into it that what we're doing is something a bit a bit different to all of that but um anyway that, that enough of that part so well I've, so I've got a bunch of questions so we're going to go through them and just see if um, get your perspectives on on the world so the first one is uh you know in your humble opinion what do you think of the the big things that are affecting the customer experience and customer service industry um, as we speak in the, the middle of October. 
Yeah, it, uh, interesting question. I suspect there are some common themes for a lot of firms out there, whether you're operating at a global scale, like you know the Microsofts of this world, or you're mm. down as a as a small entity trying to you know do good in uh, in a in a regional part of the UK. Wherever it is, I think the big issue that I have heard <clears throat> through the clients that I talk to and the organisations that you know I I have worked with over the years is um, volume is a big issue. You know, a lot of people were talking about the decline in in the demand for service because of the role of technology and the role of better process and the role of designers designing out the need for customers to need to talk to organizations as much. And we're just not seeing that, you know, we're just seeing um, not necessarily an increase in the volume overall, but certainly an increase in the workload. And, and the difference between the two is, is clearly volume is the number of um, interactions that customers are wanting and the workload is sort of essentially the amount of resource that's necessary to manage it. So we're seeing that uh, intensity and complexity increasing, which is placing demand on the resources of organisations. And so that has the consequence of uh, creating the second issue, which is really one about staffing and resourcing and getting the right people and good people to answer increasingly complex customer queries. And, you know, whether you're looking across private sector, government sector, you know, the increase in workload is what is really vexing organizations at a time that they are cost constrained and needing to find additional efficiencies. It, it's just getting harder for these organizations. And, and, you know, there's only a few things that can give really. One is you can try and take the volume, the workload out of your business. And clearly that's the right and good thing to do. What are the root causes? How do you create better design for customer journeys? How do you eliminate the need for that contact in the first place? But then beyond that, it's really about throwing more resources at the issue or it's about letting the service levels and therefore the customer suffer just a oh. bit. And that's what I guess I loved about, about Limitless is that it's found a way to navigate between those two and, and solves a lot of other issues as well. But, but not getting into Limitless just yet, I think the, the, those industry issues of workload, skilled resourcing and cost pressures uh, are really what I find most organizations are, are struggling with right now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly what we, um, it's, it is the common theme. It's no you know, major surprise, I would, I would guess, in all of that. I think the, the the biggest one that seems to be coming through is that balance between um, access to, to to talent, as it's called, you know, access to the staffing itself, but also not just the generic form, but those that can offer something that allows the brand to differentiate in a world where it's so hard and loyalty is becoming more liquid as it's possible for more customers to change who they're buying from who their relationship from much more easily you know you see it with everything you used to buy a contract for something and that was you whether you liked it or not for 12 months whereas now you everyone's in this switching mentality where you can move around and there's only so far you can go with costs so the other next thing is, well, what's my customer experience like? And then, okay, well, where, does, where does my customer experience team, what can they deliver to, to help me differentiate or at least keep a certain, you know, a certain level of quality? And then, you know, kind of goes on from there. So leads on to the next, next part of the question, which is how do you see in that world, 
um, where it, you know, all of those challenges around cost and staffing. How do you see GigCX playing a not just a role in that, but you know, do you think it's a major role? Do you think it's something on the side? How do you how do you see it from your perspective? Yeah, I see it's playing a major role, Chris, and um, <clears throat> clearly it's a new category. Uh, it's a new type of solution. It's been around in various forms for a number of years, but not in the way that the Limitless delivers. You know, which is a dedicated platform specific to solving this issue of how you connect customers with other customers to help them solve um, problems and and issues within the organization. Um, the reason that I think it it, it, it plays uh, a, a potentially huge part in the future is is just because it will also help organizations to understand the value of their customer contact. And there's several dimensions to that, which I think are really important that have perhaps not been considered enough in the past. The first is, if you really understood customer value, organizations wouldn't be putting them through the pain that they so frequently are right and you know and i'm i've got a lot of very recent pain in this in terms of dealing with utilities dealing with airlines dealing with other travel company you know it it's just painful uh, time and time again and and it's and it's because they're having to focus on this volume and cost issue rather than thinking about the value issue and you know i mean to use that analogy of you know have you seen the cost of training well you should see the cost of not training right it it's it's about understanding value rather than cost which is where i think organizations are getting to and need to do to do more of the second thing is that that perspective on value has only ever been largely if it was there one dimensional i it's been an operational in the service world question of, of value and so you know what is this customer uh by dealing with them well not going to cost us in the future how might they be a more loyal customer how might they be less demanding in the future type type perspective on value i think what limitless offers and the idea of connecting brand advocates with customers who've got a question is that you're driving a much bigger question of value around brand you know brand value and and the idea of brand advocacy and the idea of um, creating a in, a, in a sense, a virtuous, prosperous circle of customers, helping customers, getting rewarded for it, feeling good about it, feeling good about the brand, wanting to do more of it. And, and this idea that you can trust other customers when they're giving you advice, perhaps more so than you might want to trust an internal agent certainly in terms of the skill sets that are often there that you can tap into with with customers and their knowledge of products particularly as i've said in the world where where customer service is generally resource constrained and skill constrained what we have in limitless is is literally a limitless supply of passionate knowledgeable experts who are brand advocates for for your brand so that, I think that's that's the power of it so it, you know, it's not so much about all of these operational benefits, which are definitely there, but for me, the real excitement and why it should be playing a much bigger part in an organization's plans and agenda is, is that question of value. And if you really want to get into that, then I suspect, you know, you and your team, Chris, can can some have some really interesting discussions with, with organizations about, you know, that role of value and what Limitless offers. Do, do you think there's a... Um... 
the well, you, I think you said two things there. If I right, one was the you know the operational benefits are there. So you classic KPIs around performance and CSAT and feedback and all that wonderful, all that wonderful stuff, which drives the modern day contact center. But mm. what I also was about trust, which is that yeah, and about customer value. What ones are a lot easier to measure on a? I'm looking at my screen today or my wallboard today than the other. So do you, yeah, where, where's my question going for this? Where, where do you think people should be focused and and can you measure that sort of thing? And if so, how would you advise a company to prioritize that part versus the, the daily operational grind? Yeah, so uh, yes, it can be measured. I think there's yeah. a whole range of, of measures or particularly around brand advocacy and lifetime value and uh, you know retention and and right. you know those measures what i would urge you know the uh, the people who are looking at this um, this session to go and do is is talk to parts of the organization that they wouldn't perhaps historically have had that closer relationship to so get the service part talking to marketing and talking to the brand guys right. and talking to the digital guys and talking to the community guys and getting together and saying, what are your measures? What are the measures in our community team? What are the measures in our brand team? And how can we bring those together with what we've got in our operational area and see if we can create a set of measures through what we do with an organization like Limitless to bring all of those together? I think that's the real power of this is is that we can cut across silos. Now, that might make, make it hard work sometimes for organizations to get their head around that and go and have conversations that they wouldn't naturally go have. But but the um, the opportunity to, you know, use the thousands, tens of thousands, millions of conversations that you might be having out there to influence and impact parts of the organization that that may not even know or see the value of that going on, I think is incredible and get those conversations going and create a new set of KPIs so that you've got a much broader organizational buy-in to what, to what's going on. This isn't just an operational service. Oh. It absolutely works at that level, but that that's missing a much bigger opportunity. So do you think, do you think it should be driven then by, other departments as much as it is often where it all ends up which is in the operational play but you mentioned there are other departments like so you're interested in your on your take on communities and that not being part of the contact center or the you know the service center part but also you mentioned digital you mentioned marketing so where, where do you think this should be driven from as initial idea I think it's wherever that's right for the organization. And I don't think that's for us to prescribe necessarily. I mean, it, it's where they, you know, they have the champion where they see the potential. My point is, let's not keep it in one silo. Let's help right. the organization, you know, bring the value to a wider, uh, you know, set of set of departments, set of set of activities within <clears throat> within the organization. I mean, I, you know, a question back to you, Chris. I mean, I guess, you know, you have conversations with digital guys, with right operations guys community guys with marketing guys so I, I guess you're having a broad range of discussions with various stakeholders you know day to day aren't you yeah we are and actually this leads on to another question i have for you which was to do with actually something to do with the perception so you know in a couple of our um dealings we've we've traditionally been talking to the operational uh, leaders and 
the whole solution has been about how we can provide them with a you know a new resource pool made up of their customers and they can deliver all the same operational KPIs and we can improve them and deliver them a better cost serve. Brilliant, great stuff. And anyway, so the best way to do that is that we onboard your customers. And the best way that we can onboard your customers is if you helped with that onboarding process, that, that invitation or that awareness that there is this sort of program. And that's where we can have problems because then there is the need to bring in the marketing function who own the customer data to help with the profiling and personas and the, you know who are the archetypal customer that we want to go after to bring onto this program because we can end up in that silo, as you mentioned, which is just about providing a resource. So it, it's, it's interesting your perspective on that in that if we, um, you know, if you said to a, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to massively paraphrase lots of organizations and what their objectives are now, but bear with me as I do this. But you say to a marketing company and, you know, what, what's your objective is, you know, you want to reach as many customers as you've got, those that are with you to buy more, those that are with you that are thinking of leaving to stay and those that haven't yet bought from you to come and buy. And the way you do that is through you know, a multitude of different things. It could be the signs on a bus, it could be billboards, it could be TV ads going there. It's very hard sometimes to correlate those direct pieces of marketing with with one of those three things, as in bringing on new customers, keeping new, or, or getting a current ones. Because marketing sometimes can be this big cloud you fire arrows into, and then at some point you hope it comes back in the front door somewhere. And it, but actually joining the dots is you know it's pretty difficult, right? Uh, uh, so when you say, well, here is a way. Uh, you can use your own, so your own customers have already decided to buy from you. And now we want to offer them another way to have a relationship with your brand that means that they're going to have a, a revenue source from you as well as buying your products. Yeah. Uh, in a world where loyalty has become more liquid, it means they're more likely to stay with you because now they've got, a, they've got that revenue source. And then you get this halo effect, which is then that they are not only, yeah, I've bought these headphones or I've bought that, game station or I've bought this you know electronic device or software or whatever whatever the product is but I'm now also a brand expert for them you know what we see is that in our expert community they're, they're proud of that a lot of them put it on their um, on their profiles right I'm a I'm a Microsoft expert or I'm a PlayStation expert whatever it might be and they're proud to wear it as a you know as a badge it's a badge of honor for them so you've got a direct connection then to the marketing team and then the other one you mentioned about communities, and the thing with communities is that you've got all the you've got all the great parts around human humans wanting to help humans, right? They they are coming onto a digital platform. Number yeah. one, number two, they are offering their time when it's convenient for them, and number three, they are uh, have product knowledge. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. The issues are that it's not often a, a channel that you can rely on in a service operation to deliver your metrics back or uh, have, you know, that nobody's financially rewarded. So you lose that missing piece. So that's kind of what yeah, GeekCX is, is. It's tapping into the marketing side because it's giving you a direct way of putting your customers behind your customer service operation. That's got to be good for loyalty and lifetime value. You take all the benefits of what people are really used to in the community world, but you're adding financial rewards to people and you're also managing it in a traditional contact center vibe so you get all your performance metrics as well but you're just tapping into that the, the stuff that's already there this is the 
for me, this is just like you just sort of guiding the horse to the water a bit with GigCX because most of these things are already there. Human psychology is there. People want to help people. It's already there. Digital yeah. engagement is already there. Product knowledge is already there. The customers are already there. You're just bringing them into a world. But I think the biggest thing that what you mentioned and all of that is that you're doing it with the marketing teams, with the digital teams, with the community teams, as well as those guys that are in the you know that are constantly catching all of the demand and trying to deal with it in the most cost-efficient manner and with the highest ESAT as they can. And you bring them all on that journey, and that tick should tick most people's boxes, or certainly the vast majority of them. Yeah, totally. And I'm not sure if there was a question in that anywhere, but just to just to respond to it, though, <laughs> I think that the, the 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 magic sauce for me is is the passion that you should be tapping into with your customers, right? And mm. you know, if you've got a you know a long term customer who knows your product inside out, is prepared to help others. Um, navigate that product whatever it is whether as you say it's an application a software program a game uh, an online game or um, a consumer electronic whatever it is you know they've got a passion they've got a knowledge they've got an expertise about it and you are incentivizing them to be even more of an advocate than they are yeah. that's just an incredible combination of values that, that the marketing department and the community and the digital and the operations guys should be benefiting from together you know and i think that you know that 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 passion is at the heart i think of of limitless and and then there is a, another component that is at the heart of of what we do and that's trust and, and the way i like to think about that is is how TripAdvisor has grown on this basis of if i want to know about something i'll talk to people who've used the product have been yep. there flown on the airline or been to the hotel or been to the attraction and know it well and i can sort of trust in the crowd more than i can trust in the hotel themselves right the hotel will give the spin but i can trust in the crowd and and so what you get with limitless is that trust in the crowd the passion of an advocate and the expertise of a user and i think that's such a powerful combination you combine it with what i mentioned earlier that organizations are struggling to recruit and and provide the necessary results right where would you rather go would you rather go to a lifelong product advocate or to somebody that's you know been recruited in desperation and has had three days training before they're talking to your valued customers i know where i would rather go and that's why i was delighted to get involved in the business there you go you, you, you just reminded me of a a stupid mistake I did, which was I didn't go on to TripAdvisor before I bought my son's uh, remote control car for his birthday. Had I done that, I would have got a much more honest review of uh, the products and all that. But anyway, that, <laughs> that was a big segue. But uh, but the, the but you know on the website that was the spin. That was the hotel equivalent. Website are great. Obviously, you know the, the reviews that are on the website are brilliant. Well, why wouldn't it be? But yeah, yeah. then you actually talk to Trip and hang on, this thing was rubbish. It didn't charge. Didn't work. It fell apart. Okay, right. Well, yeah, there's the honesty, which is what I think everyone wants. Right, I've got another question for you. This is potentially controversial, but I'd always love your opinion on this one. Is that uh, especially as we've just seen in the last couple of days, actually, the, there's a proposed change in the US to do with the classification of um, freelancers. Um, so the the headline around this is that organizations are going to become under more pressure to uh, classify anything in the independent contact of freelancer status 
correctly because there can be uh, misclassification goes on there, and all, all this is doing, all this is doing, and, and has done is adds more a bit more um, sort of mystery to this definition of gig and what is it and that sort of stuff. So my question to you is: Do you think there is? In fact, there's probably two. What one do you think there is still a stigma associated with the word gig? And the second question is: How do would you, would you um, describe it to? somebody that might be listening to this or a brand that wants to better understand it without them feeling like they're going down that going down that world of murky waters with gig yeah no good good question i think highly highly relevant as you say chris there's lots of developments not just in the u uh, the us but in 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 other places as well i suppose where i would start is probably where we should have started back at the beginning of the the conversation which is you know what is you know limitless about and doing and and for me it's simply about accessing the passion of your customer crowd to help other customers and and gig is is an operational enablement of that i.e you are tapping into a limitless resource of people on an as needed basis they can come in and out as they please you have some quality controls clearly uh, over who it is that's that's representing you and coming onto our platform to help the brands but it is it is just an operational component of what we do and and clearly we you know we as limitless have got good mileage out of gig cx as a term but i think we need to be careful just because there are some issues associated with the idea of gig there is certainly stigma around of it in certain groups and i just think we need to be sensitive to that if you know if 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 people have that sensitivity themselves and are concerned about it i think we elevate the conversation to what we're really there to talk about which is accessing the passion of their customers to drive value in the conversations with other customers right and and that's what it's it's really all about you know how we get there is as i've said by tapping into a highly flexible um resource uh, which is their customers and we have a platform that enables that we have a platform that can drive the reward for that and manage the quality control of that um but you know whether we term it gig or whether we term it flexible resource or or whatever it is that's that to me is a secondary issue i just think you're absolutely right we need to be sensitive to mm. the term but but try and help organizations see the bigger opportunity that exists beyond any potential issue that surrounds the terminology yeah okay fair point Good stuff. So, um, so a couple of our last questions as we move into the uh, the closing part. So, the, the first one is probably right in your hopefully in your wheelhouse, which is how would you uh, how would you advise an organisation to look at this? What what you know, wisdom would you part on them to say? Okay, you've heard about this. Everyone's talking about it. It seems to be the buzzword. Where do I where do I start? And obviously, talk to Chris. Right, obviously. But you know, if you were giving them a sort of advice, where, where where should I look and why um, as a as a way to move forward? Yeah, well, my my suggestion would be um, that you know, once they've talked with you, they should uh, get a team on their side that is you know cross silo and and ensure that they are getting visibility of this opportunity as a collection of. Um, you know whether it's departments divisions responsibilities to get their head around the bigger opportunity 
for what this platform can do. And, and secondly, uh, they should ask you to line up conversations with our clients. And, you know, the advocacy for what we do from the brands that we work with, I think is hugely powerful. And, uh, you know, I've only just recently seen the, the testimonial from uh, our key contact at, at Zwift. And I think it's phenomenal. And I think, you know, we should put a link in, in, this, in this session if we can, because that sort of advocacy is, is really important. As I said earlier, you know, we're still a relatively new category. People don't start the year with a budget line that says gig cx right we we have to work hard to convince them of our value and when you put that up against you know standard outsourcing or standard community or standard digital management uh whatever it might be i think that um once people uh sort of you know shake off any preconceptions and traditional ways of working and think i need to innovate and I need to look at how I can effectively cut costs, but also improve service levels, how I can attack this workload and resourcing issue, how I can drive brand advocacy and help my marketing colleagues. I think there's a whole load of reasons why they should be engaging, looking at those who have been leading in this field, and they are incredible brands from around the world. You know, they are not niche early adopters. These are really quite significant organizations who are seeing huge benefits i think that's going to be the biggest um tipping point for for new organizations wanting to look at this they should come to you and say connect me with people that are doing this because i want to learn more well fair enough well, the biggest thing i heard in in there was um this need as we touched on earlier to involve others in the, the wider team so that it doesn't just end up being a uh, you know, something not something new and shiny alongside another chatbot or another knowledge forum or something like that, but actually to get um, more awareness in other in the other teams, the marketing teams, the digital teams, community teams, even you know, it, I mean, in my opinion, this always needs a like they don't enter into this world yet with a GigCX budget, maybe next year, but. Um, so, but the, everyone will probably have these sort of strategies, which is how do I do more for less it sounds a bit cliche but oh how do i improve csap with rather reducing my cost and stuff but you've got this horrible backdrop of which we touched on at the start which is this ever increasingly difficult pool of resource to get to work and to get to work and to get them more get them up to speed in a short amount of time and keep them in a world where the cost pressures are there their loyalty is also liquid because they could go to another contact center for 50 cents on the dime for you know for something else because there's no affiliation with the brand because you're recruiting basic sorry basic skills is probably unfair but it's entry level right you know my first ever job i don't mind saying it there's nothing derogatory and all that um, and it and it's quite tertiary they come and go and it makes that really really difficult so amazing was like getting the get involvement with the other teams because there's probably a very good chance that these sorts of programs affect their them as well in a very positive way and therefore yeah. you can get a you can get a proper huddle around this and get more support rather than it being a debate about how you do something in that silo of cost center and csat and cost that's the yeah. biggest thing from that that's great that's great advice um cool and what do you think uh, what do you think the future is for gigcx oh well i mean extremely Positive. I, you know, I think that um, 
a lot of organizations are having to look at their operating model and how they get more value for money from what they do. They're having to look at cutting costs. They're having to look at technology to take more of a role in managing customers. They, however, still see that there is complexity and challenge in the way that you know their businesses operate and they are going to need to have conversations with customers. And I think that GigCX Limitless offers them a really interesting alternative to the traditional. And I think that we're seeing leading brands in the US, in Asia, in Europe, adopting Limitless and applying it to their operating model and getting really quite significant success. I think there's more to do and there's more scale to operate at. And many of them are toe dipping and seeing benefits and are then thinking about how they scale. But I think we are, you know, at that tipping point where the organizations involved want to do more and others will start to look at what they're doing and think, I want a piece of that action. And we're satisfying a real need in the market and we are delivering a real service to consumers of the brand. And I think that's a powerful combination. Well, no surprise. I happen to agree. Well, you heard it here first. There we go. Right. You've heard it in stereo. <laughs> there's some really cool stuff in there and i think the, the the biggest one for me is just this like giving giving the organizations just like the the power to be more dare i say honest with their customers but you know I, I as a as a consumer you always see this i always see this statement everywhere which is you know we put our customers at the heart of everything we do and like you just talked about your personal experiences but then you go through just the issues of trying to move house or update a bill or to make amendments to it or to change your provider or to move you know and then all of the, the problems put in their way and a lot of them can come can be eliminated with the right people who can give you the right advice and there's no better pool of people to represent the brand than the ones that have already chosen to do it you haven't had to pay them to be your they've paid you they've paid you to be your customer now give them another another way forward but anyway right I'm on my soapbox and uh, there we go. Well, it's been fascinating chatting to you, Mike, as always. And um, it's, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on and get, always get your perspectives. And, Thank you, Chris. Yeah, good uh, to chat to you too. And, you know, yeah. delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, and then uh, any more information people want to hear, you know, the, the best form at the moment uh, is our annual GigCX report. So that's our, uh, our, our wonderful piece of content that we, we put together with advice and interviews from industry leaders, from the experts, from customers, from prospects, and we'll bring it all together and offer you that, you know, that, that piece of uh, real estate to, to get more information. So feel free to go to limitlesstech.com, download that. Until the next time, Mike, always a pleasure, and we will see you for episode nine. Take care, Mike. All the best. Bye now. Bye-bye.